time as I'm recording. So good morning. But if you're listening at any other part of the day, good afternoon, good evening, good night. Isn't that like a Jim Carrey bit? I feel like I'm thinking of um, Truman Show. Am I remembering that right? It's like good afternoon, good evening, good night. Anyway, did not mean to pull a Jim Carrey there, but (laughs) hello, welcome back. I am sitting down today really excited to talk about girl crushes because I think I've maybe played with this idea a little bit in other episodes, but I felt like it needed its own airtime because it's such a big, I don't know, maybe it's not that big for other people, but it felt like a really big moment for me in relation to my queerness and like discovering what I found desirable and how this showed up in conversation, Um, hearing this a lot from my straight girlfriends or people who once identified as straight and now have maybe come out as queer. Anyway, there's a lot to talk about here, and so I'm going to go through some of your responses and also some of my own general reflections on this term of girl crush, which I think has a lot of nuance to it and a lot of um, bits and pieces here and there that make a lot of sense and also ones that feel a little gross or a little just like irritating. Um, But as I was reading up on just like general um, mainstream conversations about this, about this term, I was reading an article and they said it was the feminine equivalent to no homo, which I thought was really funny. Um, because it's like that heteronormative kind of obsession with affirming your sexuality. Like I'm straight, but which is definitely like a little bit homophobic to like obsess over the idea that you need to confirm that you're not interested in people of the same sex. But like many other things, it's just become part of normal culture is saying like, I'm straight, but I would totally date this person or like, I'm straight, but I think you're really cute kind of thing. I think that girl crush kind of falls within this general umbrella of often straight people um, using it to express admiration for someone. And I think specifically with girl crush, there's elements of jealousy and admiration, which I think are core components of a lot of feminine desire which I think gets complicated, and we can complicate it here. We can try to unravel that and make sense of that. But at least in my experience, um, especially as, like, someone who was figuring out that they were queer um, at quite a young age and also figuring out the dynamics of being in relationship with girls just, like, on a platonic level and how there's there's often a lot of jealousy when you're a tween or a teen and just like comparing yourself to other people whether it's physically or or for other reasons but i also think that that's really tied up in narratives that i kind of spoke to a little bit in the last episode on patriarchal messaging of women always needing to be in competition with one another and so i think the internalization of that story combined with the growing hormones of teenagehood combined with figuring out what the fuck your queer desire means amidst all of that just makes it really messy and really complicated to understand how you really feel about somebody and so there's the age-old sapphic question of do I want to be her or be with her which I think is so true 
when you're figuring out your desire and your sexuality and you don't necessarily know how to decipher between desire for someone and desire to be someone but I almost wonder that the desire to be someone like to look like somebody has elements of queerness in it and I don't know entirely what to make of that and I don't necessarily have a place where I'm going with that idea but I do think that there's an element of desire maybe not sexual or romantic desire but a desire for someone's aesthetics, how they look physically, or how they embody themselves in this world. I think that a lot of what we're attracted to has to do with how somebody lives in their body and how they hold themselves and carry themselves and their level of confidence or their sense of humor or just how they exist in a room. And so I think that there is an overlap, maybe, and this is also speaking from a bisexual woman who, like, can absolutely admire people without having any romantic or sexual feelings involved. But historically, people who I admire or kind of put on some sort of pedestal or wish I could be more like are people that I've been romantically or sexually interested in. And so this is just one person's perspective, but I do wonder, especially with how women are taught to understand their desires how that fits into these narratives of like jealousy and admiration and attraction and how these things can get tangled up in one another. I'm also not saying that like you're always attracted to a woman if you admire her because I don't think that's true at all. I think it's a good thing to complicate this idea that jealousy and admiration are core components of feminine desire Because I think that that has a lot to do with our own alienation from our sexuality and from our desire as a whole and not as a thing that exists in relation to a man or a male desire. The other thing that I dislike about the term girl crush is that it seems to lessen or undervalue something because it has to do with women and I think that that has to do with the infantilizing language of girl. It kind of sends the message that it's not to be taken seriously. And so when people use the language of girl crush, it's kind of like, oh no, like, don't worry. Like, this isn't like a crush crush. It's a girl crush. So we don't have to take it seriously. It's just like a little blip in the system. I think especially when it has to do with a woman desiring another woman or a girl desiring another girl, it is so infantilized and fetishized and we'll get into that in a second, but like even just like how could feminine desire outside of heterosexuality ever exist or be taken seriously? It's unfathomable. And I think that that comes back to the idea that female desire cannot be understood if it is not measured within the context of heterosexuality or in relation to a male desire. I think that feminine desire often can't be understood outside of these contexts because it always has to be measured in relation to someone. And that someone is automatically a man because that's society's default of who the normal person is. So feminine desire can never really exist on its own. And so by saying girl crush, it's almost like a message whether we want to to give that message or if it's just an automatic response to the social reality that we're living in it's like this is a crush that is not normal because it's a girl crush whereas the automatic 
kind of crush that you're supposed to have as a girl is to another boy. In relation to this, Dr. Meg John Barker, who's a relationships educator and author, speaks to the othering kind of essence of language, like girl crush, that this type of language can make certain crushes feel less normal or less valid or less accepted in our society because it feels the need to put the word girl in front of it. And so I want to quote them directly. They say, It reminds me of terms like lady doctor, businesswoman, or actress, all marking the idea of a woman doing these things as the exception because men are seen as the norm. So like I was saying, to have a girl crush is to be less normal. To have a crush on a girl in a world where you're supposed to have a crush on a boy, it perpetuates the otherness of feminine desire and especially feminine queer desire. So before I started recording this episode, I asked you guys a couple questions about how you feel about the term girl crush and also what contexts you've heard it be used before, whether you've said it or you've heard somebody else say it. A few of you said that you've heard it a lot with straight girls complimenting each other. Um, Someone said mainly straight women talking about girls they see as role models and find admirable um, in regards to women or girls that one is a little infatuated with but not genuinely attracted to. In admiration of something or someone... Somebody else shared that they use it to describe when they love someone's energy and they're not actually romantically interested as opposed to a crush crush, which involves romantic feelings. A large consensus, though, generally, was that a lot of you found it very confusing and don't understand it, especially as sapphic women, and that it can feel really invalidating when it's used by straight girls because it's, like, undermining queer desire. And painting it as this sort of like play crush like it's not quite real because it's a girl crush and so you're kind of playing like you would play house or play married when you were little and with this a lot of you also said that you've used it or you've heard it used in the context of somebody who hasn't realized that they're queer yet someone also said that they assume that people that say girl crush are probably bi and that it's good for people who haven't come out or don't realize that they're gay Um, And that this person used to say all the time when they were younger, but they had no idea that they like girls that way. And so now in general, they'll just assume that a person's bi or like hasn't come to terms with their queerness yet if they use this term. Someone said that it used to be used by young sapphics when they first thought about liking girls, but has now been appropriated by straight women, almost queer baiting. But of course, it's a free term to use. I was gonna bring queer baiting into this conversation, but I didn't really know how because I have mixed feelings about that generally. I think that it's an interesting topic because I do see how it's used to sort of rope in a particular audience, you know, a queer audience, and then be like, oh, like, just kidding, we're not gonna, we're not gonna follow through with that. Um, It's sort of like a make-believe... marketing ploy I feel like a lot of the time like I've heard it talked about in the context of tv shows like supernatural comes to mind I also feel like I remember Sherlock and Watson from uh the tv show Sherlock from the 2010s was really big um Glee I'm sure has like quite a bit of queer baiting in there anyway there's like endless examples and then of course there's Um, I Kissed a Girl by Katy Perry, which really, like, leans into the very fetishistic narrative of queer women and women kissing, but very much within the scope of the male gaze. Um, Nonetheless, that was formative. (laughs) That was a major part of 
me coming to terms with things. Um, but I think that this idea of queer baiting is slippery because I think that it has the potential to really police people's behavior and um, get mad at people if they kind of play with the idea of queerness without quote-unquote following through or like going all the way and coming out as gay or bi or pan or whatever and puts a pressure on people to put a label to themselves so that they can prove that they're authentically queer and thus it's okay for them to perform whatever they're performing which I think is a dangerous way of relating to people and I think that that's a dangerous way for us to be projecting our own I guess, desires or um, ways that we have been manipulated or bullied in the past about who we who we desire. And when we see people using it, you know, as like a marketing ploy or just like as a fun kind of like gimmick in a music video or whatever, it can feel really fucking annoying and like invalidating at times. But I also think I've seen it in contexts where people get mad because they feel like they're owed something. They feel like they're owed a narrative, a queer narrative from a celebrity or some kind of influencer that they idolize and then get really mad when that celebrity doesn't follow through on like coming out or it turns out that that relationship wasn't romantic. It was just platonic and they were expressing something in like kind of like a queer baby way, whatever that means. I just think that it, doesn't leave room for fluidity and for people to play with these elements of desire when maybe they're not gay but maybe they're curious about exploring or maybe they're bi and they just don't want to come out yet like I just think it's weird when we're expecting people to owe us details of their personal lives and I think this is a whole other conversation about parasocial relationships and celebrity culture and like Oh my god, that's like a whole other deep dive to go into, but I don't like the way that queer baiting is talked about, I think a lot of the time, because it seems to have steered away from a productive conversation about how TV shows or music or specific artists will use that as a marketing tactic in order to kind of like reel audiences in and then not deliver, and in that sense, they're commodifying it or capitalizing off of the idea of a queer story or a queer narrative without having to deal with the ramifications of being labeled as a queer tv show or having queer representation in your music video but i think that it's less about that now and more about expecting people to be completely transparent about their sexuality or about their gender or about their desires generally because we live in such an oversaturated world where we're exposed to so much of this stuff now that we just expect people to be open with us or we expect people to be on the same i guess like wavelength as us in terms of being open about your queerness or about your gender or about who you're attracted to but not everybody is there and that's okay and they also don't need to be there like we don't all need to know each other's sexualities and I think that it gets a little weird when we're all trying to figure out like who's queer who's not queer and I think that a lot of that has to do with a lack of representation and wanting to identify with certain celebrities or influencers that are visibly queer and are out as queer because it validates something within us that was not validated when we were coming to terms with our sexuality maybe 
And I am totally like on this train also. Like just a couple weeks ago, I found myself in a little Google rabbit hole of figuring out if Diana Agron was bi or not. And then I was like, wait, what the fuck? Like, what am I doing? Why do I care so much? And it's because when you grow up and you don't really know where your desire belongs and how to put a name to it and you're not really seeing that much representation or you're not having open conversations with people about girls that you have crushes on not girl crushes on but like legitimate crushes like I want to kiss this person type of crush when you can't talk about that then you desperately search for it in places and that's where I think the queer baiting thing kind of comes back around because people look for queer relationships in tv shows and they make them up sometimes because that's part of what we need at some point in our lives in order to feel seen and in order to feel like we're connected to the media that we're consuming and i think that when we use the term girl crush when we're queer and just like don't really know what that means yet or don't know if we can talk about it with other people i think that girl crush is almost like a safe word or a safe term to use when you're trying to kind of play with those ideas without committing to the permanence of coming out, especially if you grew up in a small town or in a community where it's quite closed off or there's not that many queer people out, if any queer people out. It can really offer a space of play and of curiosity for people who haven't come out yet um, and enable these people that are questioning or kind of like don't know where they are yet in terms of expressing that desire to toy with these queer desires in a space that is probably heteronormative and probably homophobic. And I think in that sense, it's really an important term because it allows for fluidity in your desire, especially if you're figuring out who you're attracted to and negotiating where you feel comfortable expressing that attraction, especially publicly using the term girl crush can give you an opportunity to express your desire in a way that doesn't necessarily feel as major as admitting that you're romantically or sexually attracted to somebody. I guess the question is, how do we individually and collectively measure admiration and desire? And in what ways do we link those two things intrinsically when we speak about who we have a girl crush on and who we just have a crush on? And why might we internally feel the need to put the word girl in front of crush? Is it because we're not comfortable with expressing same-sex desire? Is it because we think it means to just really admire another woman in a platonic, wow, she's so cool kind of way? Or is it because we want to kiss her and just don't know how to feel about that yet? I think there's room for fluidity. There's room, there's wiggle room in this term, but it's all about how we individually are using it and what that means for the larger, I guess, group of people around us, especially queer women who, from experience, can find it a little bit, not demeaning, because it is flattering. Like, if a girl says that she has a girl crush on you, like, oh, wow, like, thanks, like, that's sweet. But it's also, like, can you not just say you have a crush on me? Like, what makes it a girl crush? especially if there's like ambiguity about whether this person is queer or not. I think especially for queer women who have a history of having to deal with straight women that kind of use them as a plaything and use them as a site of exploration without consideration for their own feelings, it can easily feel really irritating if somebody is not being upfront with us about how they genuinely feel. 
But at the same time, not everybody is on the same level in terms of like how comfortable they are with expressing desire, if they've ever even been with a woman, what our relationship to them is, if we're friends, if we're just acquaintances. It gets really complicated when you bring in all of the subjectivities of particular contexts and particular relationships. But I do think that people who use this term should be, I guess, cautious or aware of how they're using it in order to just be mindful of the people around you and how they might be receiving that. But, you know, crushes are a very personal thing and you're not under any obligation to tell someone that you have a crush on them. But I think if you are going to use the language of girl crush, just be mindful of like who you're saying it to and what you mean when you say it. Like, do you really admire them in a platonic, whoa, she's so fucking cool, like I want to be her friend kind of way? Or like, do you want to do something else? And whatever it is, is completely personal to you. You don't need to express that to anyone or you don't need to be transparent about your sexuality out of fear of queer baiting. I don't think that that's necessary and I think it's weird for people to be policing other queer people um, in expressing their queer desire just because we desire visibility and we desire openness because we haven't received that for the most part in our lives, generally speaking. But I think that we all need to leave a little bit of wiggle room with this kind of language because yes, it can definitely be annoying. It can definitely be undermining when straight girls use it, when they're just complimenting each other or having conversations about their celebrity girl crushes or if they had to have sex with a girl, which girl would it be? Which, I don't know, to me, like, seems kind of gay, but I digress. With that said, I think I'm going to leave it there today. I had a lot of fun talking about this and I loved reading all of your responses. It was really cool to see the spectrum of perspectives. A lot of you felt the same way and a few of you felt differently, but across the board, all of you just have such interesting thoughts and I love hearing from you. So thank you for sending in your perspectives and your experiences and your reflections. Um, I always really appreciate it. And if you ever want to chat more about girl crushes or um, anything queer, I am always up for it. So you can message me at the lily.pod. And in the meantime, I hope you have a fun, silly, sweet week. I am wishing you all the best for this new month of July. And I will connect with you so soon. Bye.